This episode of Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters. You've heard us mention them on the podcast before, and if you're in Fairbanks or you're going to be coming through Fairbanks for a fishing, hunting, or camping trip, it's a great place to stop and get what you need. It's a locally owned Fairbanks business that I've been shopping at since I came up here, and really it's the type of sporting goods store you would hope to find in a place like Fairbanks. They've got a ton of hunting, fishing, trapping, and camping supplies, including backpacking meals and stoves, clothing, real rain gear, good footwear, including mountain hunting boots like Loa, rubber boots like Extra Tufts and Lacrosse, and they also have a great selection of guns, ammo, shooting and hand-loading supplies, and even muzzle-loading stuff. Now, they also carry a wide variety of fishing and dip-nating equipment to tackle just about any fish Alaska has to offer. In Century Hardware downstairs, you'll be able to find a big selection of marine, snow machine, and ATV supplies like ramps, hitches, gun boots, um, good gas jugs, not the junk you find everywhere else, and all sorts of odds and ends for your boat or anything else you could need, and of course, whatever hardware you might find yourself in need of. In fact, it's one of those stores that you'll usually end up leaving with more than you planned on buying because they're really good at finding and stocking things that you just didn't realize you needed until you saw them. Frontier Outfitters is located in the Gavora Mall on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, as well as Century Hardware out in North Pole. It's a great store, so next time you're gearing up, get on down there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel. Uh, getting my now, seems like, an annual or semi-annual catch-up with my good buddy Steve Hollenbeck. How's it going, man? Good, how are you? Pretty good, man. Just been, it's October now. Been I know, this year, this 2020 is a fucked up year. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit. A little bit more so for you on, oh, than, in some ways than me, but. Uh, yeah, crazy. I I can't complain too much, but yeah, just been freaking lately, just getting ready for winter, cutting, hoard, trying to hoard firewood, yeah. you know, enough firewood for the next three years or so, but, uh, now I did that about four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, you still got, you still got a pile yeah. of it, but with fuel prices the way they are, I've just, it's cheaper for me to do that. Yeah. No kidding. Well, so. at least you have the option, which now did they, uh. Are they still down on them hydronic, them outdoor wood boilers? Yeah, you know, I don't even use that anymore. I just uh, I just use this Blaze King here, but with fuel prices at a dollar, I think I've seen it today, a dollar sixty-eight a gallon. Oh, geez, that's pretty cheap. hard. I, I mean. Well, you might as well hang on, you know, especially yeah, in the condition. That yeah. wood's not going to go bad yeah, that's, or nothing. That's so. my take on it. So I've got enough wood out there for at least three years. Yeah, and I've got enough fuel oil for two years. And who knows, depending on what might happen after the yes. <laughs> in the next <laughs> twenty something days. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, I definitely. Oh, geez, it was I didn't a few years ago because what what did heating oil actually get up to? Because that's it was when, four old, like I think I paid the most I paid was four ten a gallon. It's unreal. Yeah, and it's that's 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 you know diesel fuel for like putting in your truck was even more because that's four ten was like no uh, taxed. As yeah, it wasn't yeah, because so. it's not for highway yep. vehicles or mm -hmm. whatever. But uh, and what did uh, like I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people burn fifteen hundred gallons or a couple thousand gallons. Of Mine, I go through on super cold days about four and a half to five and a half gallons a day here. Yeah, that sounds about right. So 
you know, and, and last year. And it's about the coldest place on the planet out here. For living so. wise. Yep. Yeah. I had, uh, last year, even burning wood full time, I was still like two and a half gallons a day. Yeah. Which that's still not bad. No, no, no. And well, now the prices, it's not, it's really not bad. So people always ask me, how do you, how do you make your house more efficient or save fuel? I'm like, buy it when it's cheap. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. We finally got topped off what I topped off our fuel tank and. You haul it? No, not for, well, I'll haul it for the shop because I just got for the heat that I have a Toyo stove in the shop that heats the shop and I got a, just set up a 55 gallon drum for my, as my fuel tank. Yeah. And uh, so I'll haul it for that. But for the house, we got a couple hundred or 300 gallon tank and I had filled it up two years ago and it still oh. had a hundred, it still had a hundred gallons in it. So, you know, we got it topped off. So it what seems you, like. What do you use for like, uh, what heats your hot water? It's an electric, we got an electric, oh, so an electric hot water heater that's in the summer. It's one of those, I don't really use it that the option that much because it's noisy, but it can. It'll use like a, a heat pump to suck heat out of the air to use to like partially heat the water, yeah. and it takes less, less electricity yeah. to to heat it up. But it's noisy as shit, and in the summer it'll actually act a little bit like an air conditioner because it's pulling heat out of the right. air. Um, in the winter it's counterintuitive because you're just trying to heat the air, and then right. But so we just leave it on the the hundred percent electric mode, but. Yeah, I mean that's we got a HRV and it, our our house is a pretty basic yep. setup, but uh, yeah, with burning wood, I mean we go through about only about like three. Last year was cold and only about three cords or so, and that's pretty good. Whatever we just keep the the Toyo in the house like set to not let it get below sixty five or whatever, and mostly heat. So I got on a pretty good pretty good wood stash this year so oh, i've seen the pictures yeah <laughs> seems like all i've been doing lately yeah but uh i'm just glad my buddy frank lent me his wood splitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> for the last six cords or whatever yeah. i've put up but yeah man just trying to yeah getting ready for winter and it's always october is always a weird month here it's this a, year is awesome and it's a it's a scramble when it's like this because it's like holy shit you know it may be another like yeah any day any day the snow's going to be here and it's not leaving but yeah this uh this hunt I'm going on, I'm leaving tonight for, was originally scheduled for last week. I was supposed to leave last Friday night. Yeah. And uh, they had that hurricane force winds, I mean, 25-foot sea. Oh, so yeah. Island Air pretty much said, wait, we're not flying anybody out yeah. from this bait. This one. So I says, I don't want to go out there anyway. No. So, but when that blew through, I mean, I've been looking at people's, goats they've been getting on kodiak you know under a couple of those alaska facebook pages hunting pages and it's had some awesome weather here yeah. this week so yeah no hopefully that'll continue for you because yeah. that'll that seems to be always seems to be the biggest hurdle on that island the is the biggest hurdle yeah it's just the weather for us so yeah hope you don't hope you don't wait wake up sleep at three o'clock in the morning on a waterbed oh yeah <laughs> that's uh that was definitely uh but the tent held good. No, it did. I mean, no, I mean, that's, and I mean, it's kind of totally random thought, but that's the, the thing. I, the first thing I always think of when anytime the floorless shelter yes. thing comes up. Yeah, I'm with you. Because there's people that will use them on Kodiak, too. And Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. For for what? Two pounds? Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, and I'll, even sheep hunting 
No. There's there's a lot of times you could get away with it, but I've just had to make camp in too many shitty ass spots yeah. over the years. I will I will haul two pounds yeah. worth because that's about the difference on a floorless yeah. compared to a if that unless you're using your own like um uh use a paratarp or yeah like yeah, well what or super like what tent have you been because you were last time we were hunting sheep together you were still using the the one man hubba MSR yeah, that, I've gone I still use that occasionally but more is a I mean a um, Hilleberg Acto yeah and then this onion. Hilleberg Onion yeah. 2 GT. And I love the the huge uh, section for, I mean, it's the biggest uh, vestibule you're going to get in a tent. So, yeah. Um, but that's that's what I've been using here lately. Uh, um, well, and those are supposedly, you're, well, I don't think there's probably any supposedly about that they're a lot more durable, oh, yeah. heavy duty than the, the MSR. I just like the layout of those MSR tents. No, Whether it's, it's the two-man or one-man, you know, it's super... Yeah. With that, with that gear shed that you turned me on to. Yep. That. And, uh, another one I used is a QU, the Mountain Star. Yeah. And uh, that one is, I'm, I'm really impressed with that too. So probably in the last three years, it's been those two tents I've been using the most. Yeah. So Kodiak is a completely other animal in itself when you're picking gear out because you lean to, I mean, I'm not leaning towards super lightweight because we're flying in a mm-hmm. De Havilland Beaver, which isn't, you know, you're not as limited, let's let's say. Not so, nearly. <laughs> but, you know, I, um, I still am taking the same 10 I was backpacking with this year. Yeah. So that's how much I, I, I like it. Nice. So. Yeah. Well, uh, and I guess I hadn't even I haven't even talked to you really since, well, probably July in any at any length. Mm-hmm. Um, you were up guiding again this year for sheep. Um, yes. I mean, how'd your how'd the sheep season um, go for you? So this year, I had my first bow hunter, and uh, you know I was back putting at, a, putting a few dollars in the curse jar on that. One. You <laughs> no. know it. How how do I explain this? Um, Matt it was his name and uh really good dude. One of my one of my best clients I've had. Uh an older guy, he's in his sixties, but in awesome shape, an awesome attitude, and he came up with his buddy Ken, who's a elk guide in Utah. Mm-hmm. And they they had an awesome time up there. Nice. And uh See that makes sense because like when we're in reach texting back and forth, I'm like, why haven't you killed one of these? Yeah, or, or, you know. yep. So we, um, he's Matt is big into fishing too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the place we camp at is right on this river that they. I says I was setting up camp. And they're like, hey, you want us to help? I'm like, no, no. You guys spent good money. Good. There's awesome fishing. You know, uh, a quarter mile over there. Yeah. So. They, picked up their poles and went over there fishing and it was just non-stop i think they got a 50 fish day that first hour Jeez, hour and a half so i think you're getting a little beard scratch you know, yeah and um so we went from there um i guess we landed on the seventh mm-hmm. and uh we decided we're going to hang out until uh, the ninth there and basically just get all of our gear the way we want it. I, they love the fishing too. Yeah. So, and the area that I'm that I go into is only about 
it's six air miles away, mm-hmm. which it's about a mile an hour when you're in a loaded backpack and taking off your waders. And so that's what we average. Yeah. So it took us about six hours to get to our spot. And uh, we had on the opener, you know, I could see on when we first got there, I think he even mentioned, man, this is going to be a tough deal killing a, a ram with a bow. Yeah. And this guy was good out to 100 yards. Yeah. I and mean, he was getting three-inch groups at 100 yards with his bow. So I know he knew how to shoot. And it's better he, than a lot of guys I know with their rifle. <laughs> yeah, he shoots he's, He shoots every single day, he told yeah. me. Every single day he shoots. And um, so, but you know as well as I do, uh, to do effectively get into 100 yards on an animal there's some things you have to do. You you cannot just... I, I think we found one ram on day one that was... If we were looking for a... If we had a rifle mm-hmm. and we were hunting for just a legal ram, which he was hunting for, just yeah. a legal ram with a bow, we'd have went in there and at least got within 300 yards, a lot closer, because we were yeah. about 700 yards. In fact, it was on the... I spotted this ram on the same rock that I had... Uh, Got my my client a ram the the first client the year before okay, exact yeah. same rock nice so um, we we had um, on an archery hunt you you know this I have not archery hunted in I don't know how many years but I've never archery hunted for yeah. sheep and I just couldn't he was in a place that we couldn't get any closer than no. three hundred and fifty yards yeah and I think that's like the general rule. Right. And I'm like, well, I, this word, we're not, well, there's no reason to walk in there Yep. and spook him out of there. And, uh, so we waited till like nine, nine o'clock at night. And, uh, I'm like, well, I don't think he's going to move out, you know, and you know, we're not going to be able to get between, it was about nine 30 actually mm-hmm. when we, we decided we we're going to leave. And, um, we decide, all right, we're, we're going to, we'll leave out of here come back the next day and and um started pouring down rain yeah so we had about two mile hike back to camp and that's the other thing different we did we set up a basically a spike camp and Mm -hmm. hunted from spike camp just simply because you know we sit on a ram if we found this legal ram my idea was just going to come back to him tomorrow maybe Mm -hmm. he'd been in a better spot yeah not blowing out yep so on the way back, I I mean, it was just, I don't know if it was what it is, uh, sixth sense or just luck or whatever. I It was pouring down rain, fog moving in. I just happened to just change my pitch on my jacket in about, I don't know, a mile away. I They just, they look like two rams laying on a hillside. You know, way above uh, the valley floor. Mm-hmm. Sure as shit was. And at that distance, I should have easily been able to tell, but the, the fog and rain, it just wouldn't wasn't going to yeah. happen. So uh, I said, well, let's get a little closer, see if we can find out how big these are. And uh, I got about a half a mile from them. They hadn't moved. And uh, we um, we had a really good ram. Nice. I mean, an, an absolute two of them. Uh, one was a big double broomer, mm-hmm. and I mean, you can't really, you can't really judge them in the the, the environment. I was trying to, I yeah. just could, I just knew they were both were legal. Yeah, 
And then the other one I I could see tips on him, and I just, I'm like, but I couldn't tell any more than that. I just knew both were legal. Yeah. So we stood there. It was probably 11 o'clock at night by the time we decided, all right, they, they we're not going to get closer. Mm-hmm. They're not moving, and I'm not going to blow these out of here, you know, because there wasn't enough fog to move in for a stock, yeah. but... Just enough to not really get a good look at correct. what the, yeah. So we elected to come back. So we got back to camp. I think it was about 12, 1230 at night, finally into bed, one. You know how it is up there. Mm-hmm. You don't even really look at the time. You just, yeah. you go to sleep and you get up Yep. when you get up. I, I Some people don't understand that the first time hunting in Alaska, but so... We got up. I don't know what time. I think we. I think we were hitting the trail by like nine thirty. It was kind of late, later, but it's just the way it is. Well, especially yeah. And, and I we talked about that before. Like you, you know, you kind of got to either pick hunt your, the night. You're going to hunt. Yep. At night, or you're going to hunt early mm-hmm. morning. You know. So we we go back to these rams and uh, to the area they were and gone. You know, and they were in. Within a hundred yards, two hundred yards of where my second client had hmm. killed his ram, Ryan, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was explaining to these guys as we're hiking up there because you had to get it's a this picture about two hundred, hundred fifty to two hundred yards wide where it dumps into one creek. Mm-hmm. But it's there's no creek in here. Yeah. I mean, it's just flat boulder, you know, football sized boulders. Um, dry riverbed, about 200 yards wide. Steep mountains coming down on them, but the mountains themselves are pretty wide open. And if you're walking on one side, you can't see the near side. So mm-hmm. you're constantly going back and forth, yeah. crisscrossing this this thing. Just to, So you're not missing rams. You're going across here. Okay, there's nothing here. Because we would have missed the ram la- the last year yeah. just if you just stayed on one side. So... We're hiking across this thing, and I'm I'm every few steps, you know, I'm walking, looking, walking, looking to not catch us out in the in the open, you know. But mm-hmm. nothing. We got all the way to the other side, and I look back, and Ken, um, I think I see two rams. So sure enough, they were they had went sometime between like eleven thirty the night before. Within a twelve-hour period, they crossed the river, the dry riverbed, mm-hmm. and went to the exact opposite side. You know, yeah, would have been in bull rage basically oh, if we man. just. Who knows what time they did this, right? Yeah. So we were stuck. I mean, they were looking right at us, mm-hmm. and I ranged them at six hundred and forty-nine yards. Stared at them, watched them, and couldn't do anything. And uh, we um, we. Waited there for about seven hours yeah. under this rock. Well, at that point, you're close enough that if you disappear, they're going to get nervous and spook. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing I could do. Yeah. It's, we're in the middle of wide open. So about six o'clock, they got up, did their typical ram thing, walked around, ate, and then they did this for like an hour and a half. So I was like, maybe they're not too spooked. And so we started getting a game plan together, which... There really wasn't a whole lot we could honestly do. Yeah. I mean, they're 649s. They're out of rifle range. They're, we're wide open all the way. They see us down here, and uh, all of a sudden, they something spooked them. I don't know if it was they winded something, but 
boom, they, they left. They climbed to the top of the mountain and just, that was the last I ever seen them again. And, mm. uh, you know, I'm like, shit, you know, we, maybe they'll come down this other side, but we walked in nothing. So we're about a mile and a half from camp again. I'm about, I don't know, a hundred yards in front of these guys, just walking, trying to, you know, look up, up these drainages as we're, and these damn rams are 150 yards from our frickin' tents. Oh, man. <laughs> they, it, cro- they, they went up to the top of this peak and then went down, crossed the creek we were on, and walked right in front of our tents. Jeez. And, again, we, we, tried, we tried to hustle, but, I mean. Well, some of, some of that stuff, it's always hindsight. I know. 2020. Yep. I mean, those, like those rams last year, the, oh, what? Was it the night of the 10th? One of those nights where I had been expecting them to come right, and I was kind of pinned down 115 yards or something from them. You know, I was expecting them to come my way and maybe be able to cut them off or something, get behind some rocks and let them walk by in range. And then they get up and walk the other way, so it's into the night. So yep. it's all right, we'll go get in my tent and then crack the tent at, at 10.30 at night to take a piss and or whatever time it was, and all four of them are bedded two, 250 yards away from the tent. Yeah. And great. they had turned around and come back. So, yeah, I mean, it's and it, stuff like that that's frustrating is it's totally random. Like you could have never predicted nope, that they were going to do that. Not at all. And, uh, you know, I had gotten good photos. I used a piece of gear that was the first time using it was this a 1.6 doubler yeah. lens. So at 649 yards... I got some good photos of this ram, and I estimated between 39 and 42 inches. Mm-hmm. And uh, really good, tipped-out ram. Um, I figured he was 9 years old to 10. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I figured about 12 years old, somewhere in there. So we tried the next day where they went, didn't see him. tried again, ran out of food. Headed back to base camp, got loaded up, did a turn and burn, and came back to our area. And a, a ram was right, a ram and a little sicklehorn ram, a good legal ram. Mm-hmm. By now, my hunter has changed to using a rifle. Okay. And uh, we tried to make a stock on it. We got 549 yards, I think, is as close as yeah. we got to this ram. But I don't know where he had come from out of the middle of just, just they were there, just like ghosts all of a sudden. They're right there, you know, and... Didn't couldn't make it happen, oh, and man. Uh, it that was my first time taking somebody hunting that um, they didn't get something. Oh, it was really kind of a kick in the nuts to me. I really the last few days of the hunt, I was very, uh, you know, it was it sucked feeling, you know, and uh, but uh, Matt and Ken said they had the best hunt they had ever been on before. Good booked another hunt with with Aaron, nice. uh, so. They they had they had an awesome time and the fishing was great and I just don't know where those that ram could have went and um, we have a switch out day where the, when you're leaving the guy that's taking your place is coming on the flight mm-hmm. so the hunters kind of talk to each other you know the outgoing hunter and the incoming you know and so my next hunter was DJ and I had met DJ and George that was his friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, in March, and you know, I went went down to Florida on a cruise. And after we were done, 
DJ and George took uh, Donnie and I out to dinner, and um, so I was able to meet up with him, which yeah. is a pretty cool deal. Um, so we kind of talked what we were going to do, and um, we um, we're going to go after this set of Rams again. Mm-hmm. Went back in the same area, but that gut feeling that you have that tells you to do or not to do, I just. I just didn't have it with it just wasn't there. Yeah. Seriously. And but I had to at least go back in the area one more time to make sure. Mm-hmm. And we got back there and DJ says, Steve, I'm just not feeling this area. We was only in there one day, but yeah. maybe it was just my attitude about it or what, but um we decided we're gonna go back to base camp. We'd only been there one day now. Yeah. And but the night before we had left base camp we um i'd spotted two sheep two rams in an area that i'd never seen a sheep in Hmm. let alone a ram in and they were about five and a half miles from base camp uh down river from us and like i say an area never see it's the main traffic pattern that gets you into this area from the south slope to the you know so anyway we um so that was in the back of his mind. It was in the back of my mind for sure. And I was like, there's no way. They're, they're big rams. They're big bodied. I couldn't tell how big a horns they mm-hmm. were because of the mirage, the time that I'd seen them. But I, uh, I, uh, they were good size bodies. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were good rams. But I had to see this other area just to make sure. So we hiked out. And... We break out into the river, the main river drainage there, and I look down river, and those rams are, we're eight and a half miles now from them. Okay. And they're right there, right out in the open. <laughs> the same, they hadn't gone 100 yards. And uh, so- Still I, in the spot where you had say, never, yeah, say, never seen Never sheep, seen, yeah. same area. So I, uh, that really got us, I mean, we, we got some uh, morale boost right there. So- Headed back to camp. I got to camp. Sun started going down. And I started evaluating them, and I'm like, um, at that distance, I knew they were good. But, and when you're looking in Mirage, your eyes, no matter how experienced you are in glassing, it seems like you can, your mind plays tricks on you. Oh, yeah. Is, am I looking? Am I really seeing what I'm seeing, or is that. You yep. know, because at one point I thought they were really good, but then another, I'm like, I don't even think this ram's legal. Yeah. Seriously. I oh, mean, yeah. But I'm five and a half miles from them. Yep. And at that distance, I mean, all, all I, I mean, at least me, all, all I can really look at is, you know, when their head gets turned right, yep. try to look at how thick they are at the mm-hmm. half curl, basically, yes. and how, and if you can see from a way, really long ways, like how, if they're fairly thick at that half curl mark. And if you can still see horn at three-quarter curl. Yep. That's exactly you know. how I evaluated. So I, I was, I didn't let the hunter know that that was going on in my mind, but I mean. You're like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. You know, no, I, I knew we were going to yeah, go down yeah. there. So, but as far, yeah. So um, we watched them all night and uh, decided that, okay, we'll head down there. So we packed up for five days if we didn't get them there we were going to hunt this new area Mm -hmm. you can't really see the country from our camp anyway you can just see this one bit of this mountain Mm -hmm. so 
we hiked down there and um, I hadn't seen them all day, right? And But we lost sight of the area for about two hours. And uh, when we, when I lifted my head over the little, just over the knoll, they were, they were there, bedded mm-hmm. down. This is 130. Now I'm two and a half miles from them. Set up the scope. E- a two and a half miles, that's, that's in there, as far as I'm concerned, the area that I hunt at, that's yeah. in their backyard. Yeah. Those rams, I've had plenty spook at that distance. Some mm. people say, oh, no way, but I have had them. So yeah. I took every precaution. You know, you're crawling to your spotting scope. You're, you know, you're trying to, we are in the open. Mm-hmm. But, you know, slow movements and whatnot. And they were actually never looking out at us. Yeah. But at that distance, it's like one thirty in the afternoon. And I was, I, I honest to God, thought that I had made this entire trip for nothing because mm. I could not tell that these were legal rams. Not at all. Huh. And uh, I have this, nine, like say, a 96 power is what that thing goes up to with that 1.6 doubler on yeah. there. So it's a 20 to 60 power. So the low power is like 44 or 40, mm. and the high is 96. And that's a Kawa? Yep. And I, uh, I mean, all day long, we're, I'm like, you know, one thing that kept saying that they're good is just their body size. Mm-hmm. So it was like 6.30 or 7 o'clock before the mirage got to where, okay. Yeah. All right. These are starting to look a lot better. Because it'll make the horn, like what you're seeing of the horn, like totally disappear. Correct. You know, yes. In your with the picture you're seeing. Yes. And by 9 o'clock at night, it was those same damn rams. Jeez. <laughs> Ten and a half air miles they had traveled since, since I Since they had spooked out. Ten and a half Jeez. air miles. They crossed the main river drainage. Wow. Which th- at that port is a half a mile wide to a mile wide. In mm. some areas, it's over a mile wide, you know, because it's braided yeah. out into... Yep. Two dozen little creeks. Mm-hmm. They had crossed that. Jeez. So I'd never seen a ram even, you know, do. But I counted back those rams. The seventeenth. That's the first day I saw them on. The eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. They were in there five days up to that because that was the twenty mm-hmm. night of the twenty first. And I told DJ we we can't go. We have to stay here tonight. We this is where we're staying. Yeah. We, Kind of divvied up what water we had and whatnot. I'm like, let's just get comfortable here. It's crystal clear night. Maybe we'll see the northern lights. So I, th- I mean, I'm one not for just staying up all night. I I really think sleep is a as much needed as food. I hit the bed. I set the alarm for two thirty in the morning. So by ten o'clock, I figured we we're gonna get four and a half hours sleep. Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night. There was, you know, the Northern Lights was the best night I'd seen yet. And I woke him up and he'd never seen that before. So cool. it was, but uh, got up at 2.30. And by the time we left camp, it was 3.15. And again, you always wish you got up an hour earlier than mm-hmm. that. So we're walking across this, you know, opening. And at about, probably about 3.25, they're in the same place that they were the night before. They hadn't oh, moved, nice. not moved. So we're getting. It's starting to get dark at that point for a while, right? Right. It, the dark, the 
the I think at two fifth or one forty five, one thirty is the darkest it gets yeah. during on that on that date. And it's starting to get, you know, more light. And I mean, we're we're walking down this creek drainage and I'm like, man, I wish I got up an hour earlier. Yeah. But you know, you also play that of, you know, hurting yourself going down some of these, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be having a light on and all that. So my idea was just to get on the blind side of the mountain from them and then just haul ass. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we, we got up to where we were wanting to shoot and uh, he, um, I peek over the mountain and sure enough, there's, they're right there, 330 yards. Nice. And, uh, but I only see the big double broomer. And he'd already said the night before, I want the, I want the tipped ram. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, but, I, but I'll shoot the double broomer if the other one's not there. Yeah. So I creep farther forward, and the, the big, the big um, twister ram is just below him, like 25 yards. Oh, nice. So I just couldn't see him at the mountain, mm-hmm. you know. So I told DJ, I'm like, let's move forward, move forward, you know. So he, we crept forward. And this 330 yards, he got behind his gun and one shot, done. Nice. And uh, that big old double broomer. Now, I would have taken the broomer without question. And I looked through the spot and scope at him, and I readjusted my number. It was the oldest ram I've seen yet living, so I counted 14 growth rings on him. Holy cow. 14, and he at least was missing one, and I would say better part of two were missing. Yeah. Jeez, that's nuts. And I mean, again, one of these deep, he deep, super deep dropping, and mm-hmm. broomed off ram. It's not not your typical broomed ram, right? No. Just and uh, he, it was kind of a sad deal, you know. He stared at one shot, so the he jumped up. The, the broomer did, mm-hmm. and then like laid back down, and then got up again, and then started feeding. And the one ram's kicking, you know, but he's gone, yeah, dead. Yeah. And he didn't move. He didn't roll down the hill, nothing. He just, so that broomer, you know, we he, DJ did a little video there, and we were able to catch this thing here. You know, it was a, a somber moment, I guess you'd say. But he uh, he had been, this client of mine, DJ, had been waiting to do this for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So he was really, a lot oh, of emotions yeah. there. He was super happy how it turned out. and. We got over there and made some, I mean, the photos, I told them we need to enter these in the photo contest they do each year down at Wild Sheep. It is stunning photos, I'm telling you. Nice. So he was 40 and a half, 13 and an eighth, and nine years old. Nice. So same RAM is, I mean, 100%. Yeah. Again, I got, I have a good photo of him at 649 on mm-hmm. the hoof, and, you know, he's 100% sure of the same RAM. That's cool. So that was the... That was the Brooks this year. Yeah, a little bit redemptive one. Was it the first? It was the first hunt that you got. You had a little, little pistol action, wasn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> <A> little gunplay. <laughs> yeah, I uh, this in the first time in twenty years that I had to defense of life and property DLP. Yeah, that I had to ever do that, and uh, um, and you like I remember. Uh, well, to, with, like when you're hunting sheep, you just carry a rifle. But I remember what other hunts you pack in that you used to carry, like Smith mm-hmm. Airlight 44. That or the 357. Yeah. And sometimes I'd go without. Mm-hmm. It, I, I actually have changed my mind about three years ago. Nothing yeah. happened, but 
it just was, you know, just thinking about possibilities. Mm-hmm. I am, I didn't have a rifle with me. My client had a bow and his buddy had his rifle in his backpack. Yeah. So, yeah, this bear, we tried to give him as much room as we ever could and yelled at him. And he took, as soon as I said, hey, bear, he just came right at us. Yeah. And it was uh, about 25 yards, maybe a little farther out, but between 25 and 20, I, you know, shot two at his feet to try to get him. And you're carrying a Glock 29. Glock 29. Yeah. And again, I think that having a pistol that you are familiar with trumps anything else. Obviously, you have to have, um, if I'm comfortable with a 22 long rifle or 22 mag, different story, but... I'm comfortable, you know, I carry a Glock, either 19, a, a 43, um, 22. I'm, I'm very but familiar t- with Glocks. The, you know, but the 10 mil has enough juice to, you know, yes. with the right load, it'll punch through a skull. Or And these are interior uh, Arctic Grizzlies. I mm-hmm. mean, a, a monster, a, a comparable 10-foot brownie is like a 7.5-foot up there. there. Yeah. They just are. They're not big. Yeah. But is what they lack in size they make up for in attitude. Mm-hmm. I think the farther you go north, the more mean the bears are, flat out. Yeah. And uh two rounds at his feet and I you know, I, I in my mind this happened within a 3 second window. Yeah. I thought he would at least turn to something. Nope, it sped him up. Jeez. So dropped the, you know, picked the sight up, put it right under his under his uh lower jaw and Shot once, and I it I seen his lower jaw just drop, mm-hmm. but he still put on was putting on the and but it, it allowed he just turned just a bit, and then I shot him in the left shoulder, mm-hmm. and that stopped him. And uh, I was, you know, he looked like he was going to back off then and go, you know, but he decided he's going to turn back again, and I shot one more time at him, and you know that was same side that left side, so probably like the last rib. It was yeah. like a quartering. It's it's weird. He was turned back towards us, but I caught him in that back rib. But yeah. we looked for him and just didn't find him. Yeah. So um, no. Well, but the important thing, you know, and it's kind of. I mean, I was pat myself on the back or run my, get my my soapbox saws, or for for you know whatever recent time period. I is that having something like that that you can you're comfortable and you can. It holds a lot of bullets, and you can shoot it well, and you, you don't have to drop a bear in his tracks to get him turned, you know. Right. If it gives you opportunities for more shots or just, like, to Nothing is going to bat, replace yeah. a rifle. Oh, no, yeah. And I didn't have a rifle, but I had the next best thing is a gun that I'm comfortable with that has enough power. Is it as powerful as a forty four? No, absolutely not, but... But, I w- but I it's would, like with the forty, the the additional power of the forty four is not isn't isn't gonna nope yeah. And I had a primer misfire on the very first round. Oh, unreal! But being familiar with a gun, yep, ejected it out back in the fight uh, within. I mean, split second. There yeah. was there was not even any time to think about it. You just did it. Yeah, muscle memory, one hundred percent. So, so and that's and that right there is six. Six rounds. Bullets. And you, you know, what, what does a 29 mag carry, a standard one? A standard carries 10. I had 10 a rounds, little extra yeah. one. So it, I had ones that carried two more, but I don't load them full. So 11 yeah. rounds yeah. in there. And uh, I, uh, 
yeah, had one miss. Miss. I mean, it was. So anyway, uh, the company that did the loading said that they had some bad, um, some hard primers. Hmm. You know, because actually, when I got home, I shot a couple more, and I did had some more. Oh. I changed out a uh, spring on it uh, to get a little, little more. Your striker spring. Striker there. spring, correct. And uh, I haven't had one. You know, I nice. I even shot a bunch in that lot of ammo, and now I hadn't had one. In fact, the ones that were misfired. I reloaded. I shot him again with that new strike. Oh, gotcha! Fired yeah. right off. Yeah, it's. But uh, that sucks when you need it. Oh yeah, you know, and I mean, how much? You know, like that new that custom ten millimeter I had built. I mean, I probably put five hundred rounds through that thing just to because you know that pistol's built to a lot tighter specs than your. I mean, a factory Glock twenty or whatever. I mean, you can dump anything in there and it'll mm-hmm. it'll cycle every time and. It took me a little bit to break this one in really well to where I could trust it, yeah. you know, and it and it's not going to, because initially, you know, when with something with super tight, a super tight build like that, you got to wear it in to mm-hmm. where it's not, you know, where it's going to function every time properly. Yep. But. Uh, yeah, I'd put, I mean, again, I shoot a lot of Glocks, but that one I probably put at least 100 to 150 of yeah. all different kinds of ammo through it. You know, because I've been carrying this gun. This is the third year now. Yeah. So, uh, no, no, this is the second year. Last year, 2019 was my first mm-hmm. year carrying it. So, um, but, yeah, it was. Uh, but it's probably, I don't know, it's just in me ha- not having had to do that myself. It's like, you know, just relying on what my, my experience with bears and, like, seeing how situations can unfold and wanting, you know, something that I can shoot. It's. But definitely like reassuring to, to hear that you had the same experience and that was like yes something you were glad to have i mean bullets you know yeah handgun bullets are just nothing but well, drill bits nope they aren't and uh and they go really fast you know like i said if you happen to you have to shoot them again you know at least you, you know you still got four more mm-hmm. rounds in that magazine yep and it's not the other thing about it is that 44 i used to carry it's just super light and this to get a second round off, I mean, I it they there's so much muzzle flip in it. Yeah. So again, as long as you are using a a cartridge with I'm gonna say enough, but meeting a threshold, I guess you'd say. Yeah. In I think the one eighty grain or the one fifty five grain, those copper full copper bullets. Yeah, that's what I've been shooting in it. You know those Lehigh yes. fluted copper bullets. So um you know, I, I have a mix of that and Corbon is what I mix my gun with. Just dump them all in a coffee can and shake them up <laughs> and yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, that's um I the Ken, the other guy and their they're buying those guns as well. Yeah. They, they actually did a caribou hunt in Kotzebue mm-hmm. like three weeks after that. So oh, geez. They both t- took those guns. They bought both Glock 29s. So. Nice. Well, and the, yeah, and the 29s are like the compact version, so it's even mm-hmm. more convenient to carry. I mean, I think having a, well, a, a gun that you can shoot well that you're that's comfortable to carry that mm-hmm. you're going to have on because it's not going to do you any good, you know, every time... Not every time I'm out, but very frequently you'll see guys saddled with these big old hog legs, you know, an eight-inch barrel, 
Red Hawk or even the shortened fight, you know, the, and those then the, guns, the short ones are even worse because you dumping half the powder out of the end of the muzzle. They, they're just so much recoil. And unless you are very proficient on, just like I'm proficient in carrying these guns, mm-hmm. I just don't see dudes at the range shooting those pistols. I go to the range a lot. Yeah. And you just don't see that happening because they're not comfortable to shoot. No. Well, even when I had, because I, I had a... I I went through. I had a forty four for a while, and then I had a four eighty Ruger for a while, yep. and I, I still yeah, own them. They're all big and cool and stuff, but they, you know, I found I would shoot, you know, a, a couple boxes of, of bullets through them after I first got them, and then you just don't yep. really shoot them much anymore. I mean, I'm going. I'm leaving for Kodiak tonight, right? And mm-hmm. my sidearm, same Glock. Yeah. Daryl's bears are three times the size, four times the size of those Arctic bears. Yep. So. You know, I'm, but it's you know it's back to having enough bullets and something that you can put yep. something that you can you can put it on target well enough and just conv- you know you don't always have to drop them you know yep. a lot of times convincing them to leave or you know old Phil Shoemaker's famous case now with the that nine millimeter that he killed that big brown bear with. Yep, and he would know. Yep. So yeah, I, uh, but again, nothing takes the place of a rifle, and. No. Should I have had a rifle on my hand? I probably should have. I mean, but I didn't. You know, I you had two. If I was guiding a a bear, bow hunter, mm-hmm. and it was just me and him, of course I'd have had a rifle. Yeah. But his buddy was there with a rifle that he shot yeah. a lot, so he was very comfortable with that in case yeah. he had to use that. And it's not like you're guiding him for brown bears on Kodiak. No, you know? exactly. You're, you're guiding it. You're doing. You're doing something that. The yeah. likelihood of a, of a dangerous bear encounter yeah, first time is very low. Yeah. 20 years yeah. on 70-something sheep hunts. That's the first time I've yeah. ever been that close, charged, had to use my gun. But we, um, yeah, we, I would have, again, if I was just me and him, I would have had a rifle in my hand. And that would that entire thing would have cha- done different. Yeah. You know. Even something like a three oh eight. Without, <laughs> I mean, just I had a 708. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I had a 708 is what I was, 708 improved. So. Yeah. That there would have been no issues. So, but the thing that I've changed my mind on now, though, there is no warning shots. Yeah, none. See, that's that's what a few old timers have told me because they I've heard more than one story of you know a guy with a three thirty eight and the first warning shot down between the feet and it makes them charge. You know, and then they charge. Yep, there's no. You only have two shots. You know, it's warning shot right between the eyes. You know, (laughs) which it's my dad this spring. You know that grizzly bear he shot. You know they keep. We're hunting on the ground on this bait, and these a sow and a boar grizzly came in. He said the the, the boar looked at him wrong, so he gave him a warning shot right between the eyes with his four fifty mark. <laughs> That'll do it. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I uh, that that's the only thing I change is no more warning shots. I'm not letting them get that close either. Yeah. I I think a bear that is I hate to even say numbers, you know, but. Mm-hmm. It, it, 25 yards was too damn close because yeah. that honest to God that happened from start to finish I'm talking when he started running at me to when he ran off after getting hit three times was about three and a half seconds and that was not seconds. all charge either no I mean, just a yeah that, that's correct that, that that's the entire time it happened and the, you happened to see him and be kind of had you said you'd already pulled your you yeah, already, already had my your, gun out your gun out when he when I when he first started walking across and mm-hmm. he hadn't seen us yet, but 
you know, you might as well be ready for something, yeah. you know. I can easily put the whole holster back in there. But yep. yeah, that uh, that changed my mind a bit on I will never ever go anywhere in the back country like that without a gun. Period. Yeah. I mean there were lots of times, Tyler, that I would go get, you know, bring horns and meat mm. out because you couldn't do it on the and just leave the rifle. Oh, yeah. my tags are already filled. I don't, you know, I'll just yell at the bear. What that that is just that may work. It's going to work till it doesn't. That's <laughs> correct, and that's out of ignorance. Yeah, you know that this this things can happen so fast. So yeah, again, I will at least have a handgun with me um, every time that you're in the back country like that. Yeah, and that's I and just couldn't imagine what what I would have done without a gun. I, oh yeah. It, could have got real shitty real fast. Yeah. Well, they, you know, and I mean, that's kind of, because, you know, obviously, yeah, it's it's much more preferable to have a rifle, but yeah. you don't, it's, we're not talking about going into, dang, you know, situations where there's a, of high likelihood of some kind of encounter, you know, you carry a handgun because there's minimal yes. likelihood, but it's better than nothing mm-hmm. if, if something does happen. And obviously, you know, for, because I think you're a decent guy, I'm glad nothing bad did happen to you. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh. It was, uh, it went, like I say, it was quick. I mean, it went, you know, went down fast. Yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, they, the hunt, uh, up there went really well. We, we, the other camps killed some, I think we got four 40 inch rams. Oh, wow. So. That's pretty impressive. Yes. It was very impressive really yep. considering all the, what it takes to make, just to make a 40 inch yep. ram. So. Yeah, it was uh it was a good time. So nice. my clients were awesome. Um yeah, it was uh it was I a, see you got some of them the peak refuel refuel. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I brought a I brought a couple of them this year and that that's the shit. Way less water and the couple I had tasted really good. Really oh, good. Yeah. I love them. But, um though on this hunt here where I'm not really worried about you know i take good i take oh, real yeah. food oh yeah because i eat that stuff so much and just i'm tired of it mm-hmm. this time of year i don't even want to think about it oh it's like moose hunting you know and, and it's we ended up having leftover mountain house so we brought a bunch out there just in case but man i'd rather tell him frank like yeah half the time we're cooking those you know ch- cheddar cheddar jalapeno brats on the fire at night or yeah on the wood stove at night you know just sounds so much better than mountain house or you know having real food when you can have it mm, for sure you don't have to be a hero and just do no. freeze dried stuff. No, that's you not, not not for me. I'm but a, what rifle are you taking goat hunting? Um, a thirty out six. Nice. Yep. And what what bullet are you shooting out of that? One fifty right grain uh, Barnes t- tip triple shock. The TTSXs. Nice. nice. Yeah. When I I still have that first rifle I ever bought was thirty out six, and it liked the uh, at the time one fifty seemed to shoot. It really liked the, like that Hornady Superformance Factory stuff. Mm-hmm. Shot a lot of stuff with that, and that really, I mean, for an ugly ass Remington Model Seven Ten, that thing sure shot pretty well. And I just, uh, I don't know, I like one fifties out of not six. I reloaded some. Yep. My uncle's got a Winchester Model Seventy that's a couple years ago. He needed his moose. He was basically out of his moose ammo, and gave me a box of. Ciroc at 150 Ciroccos and um, the Swift Bullets. And luckily, like, it was the first load I tried was, like, 
Real good. Half an inch. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, not going to get any better than that. So, you know, tried a couple other, you yeah. know, shot to verify it and then loaded that stuff up. But Yeah, on um, a full copper bullet especially, I like to, because I think your traditional 30-06 bullets are 165. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one. Those one, longer coppers. Yeah. Yeah. They, so this thing just, it flat out just shoots. And um, I, I don't know, I, I shoot quite a bit between. May and now, I mm-hmm. you know you don't do as much shooting up here yeah. in the winter time. We just it's too damn cold. But you know, I went the other night and just took the gun just to verify. And I'd shot it two nights before, but yeah. I'm like, so I, I had it out at 330 yards, and I got my my Sig range finder with all the calculations in nice. there. Tell me to go up uh, four point at 100 yards zero. Go up four point two five four point one eight MOA. Mm-hmm. Dialed it up there. I could not have hit any closer to the bullseye than what I did. Nice. I mean, honest to God, it's a center. You know, right in the cross. I mean, it center punched it, and I was like, because I'd shot it at a hundred to make sure that it was good. My zero was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Then I had a target already set, and I just up four point one eight MOA. It was good. Dialed it back to my zero, and I'm ready to nice. go. Nice. That's a that's always an encouraging thing. That's like right before moose hunting. I was using a new cartridge that I can't talk about on right here yet, but uh, it was yeah, pretty much like the lot because I just got a lot of factory ammo. It's literally the, the day before we were that my ammo showed up the day before we were leaving. So get a zero to group check at you know 200 yards, and then. Um, I mean, just run the ballistics on it and just perfect, um, exactly what it should have been. So that's all, yeah, that's always encouraging. Yeah. I, uh, and then you end up shooting them at a hundred yards or less sometimes. That's okay though too. Yep. I'm, um, but I, this gun is just, it's a six pound, two ounce gun with scope. That's hard to beat. And man. I'm at 340 yards. You know, that's what our range mm-hmm. is out there. I am, uh. I mean, I, I like 10-shot groups now. I yeah. started doing 10-shot groups about two years ago. Even with the lighter-barreled stuff? Oh, yeah. I just like 10-shot groups. And I was shooting at 340 yards, 2.25 inches. That's pretty good. So Hard, hard to get any better than that, really. Not out of a six-pound, two-ounce yeah. rifle with a scope. Yeah. I I'm I will hunt with that all day long. The 30-06, yeah. I... Again, it's a proven gun, but if you just look at the ballistics and what you get out of it, it is so there's so much advantages to that gun. And the bullets you can the bullets that you can get for it nowadays. I mean, to bring it way beyond what it ever yep. used to be. And again, more than anything for me is just the the platform that they're you're able to get those in those lightweight guns. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm as happy as ever with with it. So we'll see how she does. Um, the other guy I'm going with, uh, Matt, he's got a 300 uh, Hell's Canyon nice. LR, along with our long-range guns. Nice. Yeah, I have uh, I have one of those in Creedmoor, um, and uh, that thing shoots lights out. It's probably the the best shooting one 6.5 that I have. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, nothing bad to say about it. But I, I do like just those X-Bolts in general. I think they're pretty good rifles. Yeah. Pretty good rifles. Yeah. So, yeah, we, um, 
get into Kodiak tomorrow. I mean, it's screwed up flights, but I'll be hunting. Well, I won't be. I board my flight from Anchorage to Kodiak 24 hours from now. So yeah, we'll see how she does. But yeah, this uh, area is where uh, Donnie got that 53-inch billy in 2018. Nice. I can't land on that lake because it was Super Cub Lake. Mm. And they just don't have their cub there right now for oh, this. Gotcha. But uh, uh, I'm landing in a lake right across, um, right across the main river valley from it. Nice. And I had seen this lake in 2018. Yeah. And my other buddy Joey was down there in August and says there's over 100 goats right above it. Jeez. So, so it's workable to get up there. Oh, yeah. No, uh, well, no, we're landing in that lake. Oh, okay. We're landing in those lakes this across other, okay, the way. Okay, okay, so, yeah. Um, no, I'm sure if the weather if the weather works out for you, then you know I have no doubt you'll be able to find a good one. Yeah, again, I'm not not going to be really picky. I have not shot an animal since uh, September 8th of 18. Wow, so over two years. I didn't kill a ram this year, my own. Yeah, that kind of swings what? the that swings the. Yeah. I'm gone. The the sc- the scoreboard my way for the first Big, time oh, maybe no, ever. You're, no, you're you're quite a bit ahead of me now. You're at least two rams ahead of oh, me. Oh, I think I'm only one. One ram ahead. One ram ahead. Because last year we were tied. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, we uh, we did a. Not that we take it very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, did a we did a um, one of the walk-in hunts this year, mm-hmm. and just. The winter kill in this state is just atrocious on the numbers of it's places. What I keep hearing, yeah. Places that I know, my traditional areas that I go yeah. to, just so I went to a completely new area. I'd been there in 2004, mm-hmm. but not to this exact spot. And we hiked in. Tim and I hiked in, and honest to God, it was 11 and a half miles. We hiked in. We got to the spot where we were going to start seeing. You know, we'd already I seen already two rams in yeah. on the way in. At least one of them was legal. The other one may have not been, but again, I was. We were three and a half miles. They were against the snow hill side. It, you know, it was tough glassing, so yeah. I, I could see horns on them at those distances. Mm-hmm. So, um, within within five minutes of us getting to the, this is it. It started snowing, and uh. it started raining, and it started sleeting, and it fog. Uh. Five days of that shit. It sucks. Sucks. Did see another? There's nothing another you can do. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So, um, that was, that was a, a shitty season this year as far as my personal yeah. hunt goes. Well, I, yeah. Well, I hope you have a really good time down there. Yeah. We'll, you know, get to, hunting. get to, as your brother likes to say, get to hear the gun go off. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, I know you'd said you got to get going, so we probably better wrap this up, but yeah, yeah man. Good to catch up yeah, with you. Yeah, you too, Tyler. And, and yeah, wish you the best luck down there. Thank you. Let me know how it goes. Keep me posted for sure. Will do. Will do. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. If you enjoy Tundra Talk, appreciate it if you leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. If you uh, and also want to thank our, our supporters, and if you want to support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash Tundra Talk. Thanks for listening.